Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we spoke to Lindy from the Peaceful Skin Co. and we learned all things skincare. What an episode! Such a good episode. And I've been working with Lindy for um, about four, five, six months now on my own skincare. And after working with her and learning from her all things skin health, I was like, who better to get on the podcast to be able to share some of this incredible knowledge that is just not well known in the industry, to be honest. Definitely. Lindy certainly educated us and gave us key tips and takeaways to try straight away. So I really hope you guys get a lot out of this because I know we both did and I'm excited to air this one. Yep. Let's get into it. It's time to level up. Lindy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, talking all things skincare, which we are so excited about because this is a topic that affects not only Sherelle and I, but so many other people. So we cannot wait to hear your wisdom today and get into it. So thank you for coming on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I don't know about wisdom, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do have a lot of experience uh, in the uh, industry, Lindy. So tell us a little bit about where you originally come from and what what got you into skincare. Well, as you can probably hear by the accent, I'm from Scotland. Um, I've been in Australia about 23 years. I've been a therapist for like a skincare therapist for about 26, nearly 27 years. And... What drove me into the industry was really an interest in health more than anything else from a very, very young age. Um, I had a mother that was very health focused, um, which was very unusual in the 70s and 80s. Um, And that kind of drove me into having an interest in skin and the body more than anything else. And I've never really I've never really looked back. Um, it, the beauty industry has changed greatly through through the years. It's gone from an industry being seen as something that was a luxury to seeing something that can help you with your self-care, that can help you with your mental health, that can help you with the health of your skin. So our role has changed greatly through the years and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what's got me into the industry. And what really what's kept me in the industry is, the love of helping people with their skin and the love of people more than anything else. Mm. Um, and been able to work with different people. So I think the sign of a good practitioner with skin is the refer on to different people for your client to get a result. So mm. that's kind of what's got me into the, got me into the, the industry. Mm. And ultimately technology changes in the industry, but skin doesn't change. Mm. The body doesn't change. Mm, so yeah it really has evolved hasn't it like even Danny and I were just having a laugh about proactive that we all sort of all used to (laughs) smother our faces in and to see the evolution of like what you said skincare what it used to be just like this beauty thing out of vanity to now what it is now where like skincare is very I guess everyone's doing it and everyone's got a skincare routine and everyone's got a skincare therapist. So what's it been like for you to work in the industry and see that transition? 
It's actually been a really lovely transition. Um, there's good and bad. There has been good things and bad things within, that has happened with the transition, but it's been fantastic because people now value what we, what we do mm. and they're, they're genuinely interested in what we do. People many, many years ago, they were under the impression that all we did was basically put makeup on the skin. So when I started out the industry, you would go to an event and the first thing people would ask you is, what makeup do I use on my skin? so that yeah so there wasn't a huge amount known about what we we did the people thought we just stood behind cosmetic counters so the evolve of the industry has seen I would say greater respect for what we do within the industry Um, and people actually want our knowledge Mm -hmm. but there has been a flip side to with the rise of I would say social media and a lot of people that are unqualified giving advice that has been the downside Mm. I would say. Um, but it's only really positive um, what's happened through the years within the, the industry. And it's really, really nice to see, especially you can kind of categorize people into generations. You tend to find people from a certain generation definitely look at look at what we do as a luxury. And they'll come in and see you once or twice a year and they'll they'll be using their cleanser from Chemist Warehouse. There's nothing wrong with that, may I add? Mm-hmm. Um but they'll see it as definitely a luxury, but say the generation that you're both from, you'll see it as an essential. Mm-hmm. You, you look at what we do as part of your health, mm, yeah. which, is what it, what, which is what it should be because your skin is the largest organ in your body. Yes. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on because there are so many people giving advice on this product, that product, and there are thousands of products out there, cleanser, toner, moisturizer, and all of the variations, and it can just be a confusing mess. And now I'm talking from experience, to be honest. Mm. Um, So not only have you got people giving that advice, uh, but you mentioned earlier the mental health side of it. And again, it is just... Naturally, I'm going to bring it back to my childhood because I was so damaged by having poor skin as a child where you just don't want to look at anyone. You don't want anyone to notice you and your mental health does suffer. So I love that you brought that up and I can't wait to expand on that after. Um, Yeah, that's one of my um, we've all got our we've all got our interests within the skin industry. We've all got our niches. My niche would definitely be around mental health and how it presents on the skin. Um, different things present very differently on the on the on the on the skin but acne um, has to a certain degree been classed as a mental health condition like severe um, acne vulgaris which is when you see extremely large red pustules on the skin and the skin is very swollen in some circles that will be classed as a mental health condition Mm, so yeah things are changing so the i would say the younger medical fraternity that are coming through within the industry dermatologists and plastic surgeons they have a very different way of thinking to say the old school um, medical fraternity so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and they do give validity to what we do as skin therapists now yeah right. yeah. So, yeah yeah and for those who don't know like I've been seeing Lindy now for probably about four months and she's my skin therapist who looks after uh, my skin and it's funny because some of the conversations where I've had Lindy um, you're like oh yeah this and this and to um, you and your experience and knowledge, a lot of the things that I've learned from you are just general knowledge. But to mm-hmm. me, like it's so, it's such a new thing for me. Skincare is not something um, I'm very equipped on. And, and just some of the things I've learned from you in regards to looking after your skin mm-hmm. sort of blew my mind because mm-hmm. like we're very up with training and nutrition, Danny, right? And like yeah. looking after, I guess, our, our fitness, but mm-hmm. 
skin is just a whole nother industry. But like what you said there, Lindy, everyone has skin and everyone should be looking after it. And I just think, you know, some of this knowledge just isn't out there and it's not rocket science, right? But there are some basics that everyone should know when it comes to looking after their skin, particularly because we've all been through some of these like micro traumas, you know, having Mm -hmm. acne, breakouts, dermatitis and and other conditions that can really impact our mental health. So I love that you've got that as a big interest and passion behind Mm -hmm. why you do what you do. Mm. when you especially when you have a I would say a a, a client that presents to you that has had acne for a good part of her life it affects especially men as well and especially women it affects people's self-esteem so when someone presents to you in the treatment room you really really have to gain someone's trust to treat them and to really get to the root cause of it. And quite often or not, when you are treating um, acne, you're treating anxiety at the same, mm. at the same, at the same time. So it's like this vicious circle that comes mm, with it. So it's, it really is, as I say to everybody, skin's not linear. It's a bit like nutrition and exercise. It's not linear. Mm. So skin's not linear as well. It's very, very unique. And that's the thing. Skin care and the treatment of the skin is is what it will be unique to you won't be unique to someone else. Mm. So mm. yeah, that's yeah. a personalized approach to skin to, to skin, and it's very much like if you go to the doctor, it's a personalized approach. So it should be a personalized approach to your skin as well because it's an mm. organ. Yeah, and just like us, Danny, with coaching, one of the things I first said to Lindy was like, "How long would this take?" And then oh. Lindy was like. How, how long, like, what would you say to a client? And I'm like, damn, you're so right. Like, imagine a client yeah. coming to me being like, I want the body. How long is this going to take? And it's, it's, like, so it's, true. it's not linear. It's a forever thing. We have to always look after our skin and our skincare and routines should change as our life changes and as we go throughout mm-hmm. our lifespan as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I put up on my story yesterday just a Q&A box and, you know, I thought I'd get like a fair chunk, but I was in under dated with questions and topics so I've really gone through and dissected just some four the four main topics that were really highlighted um, in Mm. my Q&A box and Mm. one of the most prevalent ones was breakouts and I think this is obviously our audience is sort of that younger demographic as well but it's a lot of people um have suffered especially women especially going through Mm -hmm. like hormonal years coming off oh yes and all those Mm -hmm. sorts of things so can you tell us a little bit about I guess your experience managing breakouts and acne and what some of the common causes might be oh yes I've got pages and pages of notes that I've written on this when you sent me the email this morning (laughs) fantastic listen I think the first, the, first, the first thing to, to look at with a lot of people is they'll present to us in the treatment room and they'll say they've got acne. They haven't got acne, okay? So acne is, so a couple of pimples is not acne, okay? That is breakout. So there is acne and there is adult acne, hormonal acne. And it's mainly women that we see with hormonal with hormonal acne and it's the estrogen it's the progesterone and it is the testosterone in the skin it is the rise of that going up and down acne is a very very complex subject and if you are suffering from adult acne i generally the way i treat i treat it as two-prong approach with me and with a practitioner as well because if it's hormonally based you have to look at why that is happening Mm. because you won't get any um you 
you won't see a huge amount of difference if you don't actually treat the root cause more than anything else. You tend to find hormonal acne happens a lot on the chin. And the reason why is you've got more subscretious glands there and say your forehead and things like that. So that's why that's kind of why that happens. Then you've got acne that you get, say, at puberty. Okay. And again, that is the hormone level rising and falling, but it's finding the happy medium. So that's kind of the difference. There's about, there's so many different types of acne, but that's kind of the two different types that people ask you about. And to treat it, there's a lot of different ways you can treat acne. But the first thing you have to look at is the barrier of the skin. You tend to find an acne skin, and I've spoken to Sherelle at great length about this when she's been in for treatments, is the barrier of the skin becomes very, very impaired. And when the skin becomes impaired, a lot of damage is done to the skin and it can't heal. Okay. And with that comes dehydration. And that's one of the main causes of acne, plus the oil flow in the skin, plus the, the rise and fall of the hormones in the body is actually dehydration of the skin. Interesting. So acne is just not pimples. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the hormone level going up and down in the body. It's where you've got more subscretious glands. The, the follicle changes shape when you have acne as well. So you have to deal with that. So that kind of gives you a little snapshot into kind of what acne is. Mm, that was you brilliant. Can, you can also get, um, and I think, I think I might have had a chat to you about this, Sherelle, as well. And I've chat to a lot of clients. A lot of clients present to this with all ages, and it's comedonal acne, which is like blackheads called comedones, but they're trapped underneath the skin. Mm. And that sometimes, go, that goes hand in hand with a lot of type of acne. You mainly see it on the forehead and around the chin. And that's actually from dehydration of the skin and a barrier impairment of the skin. So before you actually start to treat the, the acne, you have to treat the barrier of the skin. And that takes us back to when you were all using proactive on your skin. Yeah, the tr- bleached pillows, the bleached towels. Mums were not oh. happy around the household. <laughs> yeah, and, and yes. And, the, and what you would have noticed with that is you would have used it and you thought, great, I'm drying my skin out. This is yeah. awesome. And about yeah. so dyes or whatever it is everywhere. Oh, that in is, the tube, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and about two weeks later, you would have had the most horrendous breakout on your skin after that. Mm. And yep. that was why, because you'd actually dehydrated your skin completely and the skin couldn't function. Mm. That's that- interesting because, sorry, Sherelle, like um, uh, tablets such as Roaccutane or things like that are, are also known to really dry out the skin. So then how would that sort of work or does it even work? Listen, I'm, I'm not anti anything. And that's the thing. I'm, and I, one thing I always, within my own industry, is I stay in my own lane. I don't give medical advice. That's one thing I don't do. You have to be a, an actual medical doctor from that. Reaccutane, listen, many years ago, Reaccutane was only prescribed for extreme acne vulgaris. Now it seems to be, you know, I've got one pimple on my face and they throw it at you. So basically, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty dangerous Crazy. because what it actually does to the body has lasting impact for a number of years. Mm. But what it does is it basically dries up all the mucus subscription within the body and it dries up the oil subscription. So it does work temporarily. Mm. If you don't have, especially if you're a woman and you don't have any hidden hormonal issues, Mm. it will work. But you tend to find about 65% of adult acne within women are hormonally related. So if you're not actually dealing with that, it may come back in some form. 
Mm, yeah it's so interesting the more that you talk about skincare the more it just relates to everything we do in fitness right Danny like throw a pill at it or whatever like quick fixes put this mask on and it's just not as simple as that right it's a long-term thing but something that I've really taken away from you Lindy is about that skin as a barrier approach so you must Mm. treat the environment of the skin uh, before you treat the problem. Like we're always looking at the issue of the pimple rather than being like, well, what's the actual environment, the garden bed of your skin like? And for me, I was like breaking out and I was like, oh, skin must be oily. So I was using products um, for oily skin when, Mm. um, in matter of fact, when I saw Lindy, she was like, your skin's actually dehydrated and (sighs) therefore it, the barriers impaired and that's why you're breaking out in these certain places. And I was like, but my skin's oily. Like, and that's just Mm. my own, um, I guess, ignorance, but then also not common knowledge in my um, sort of experience. It's not because you you get oily skin. Then you think, I remember as a kid as well, the more you washed it, the better, but then it would make it more Mm. dehydrated. I remember as you, you get desperate as a kid when you don't know, I would wash my face multiple times a day, which I look back and say, no wonder it didn't work, but you don't know these things. You don't. And it's, it's human nature to do that. So most people that present to us are doing these things. I've done these things myself. Mm. So we, 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 we've all done it. We have people that present to us that put toothpaste on their face. Oh, I've done that. I've heard that one. We did that on school camp once. I yeah, I have done that. I used to put on it's the mental. It's the mental. I could, I could see the purpose for hickeys because it would constrict the blood vessel. It worked well. <laughs> it's, a bit like, it's a bit like hemorrhoid cream around the bag. The old-fashioned yes. hemorrhoid cream around the bags of your eyes. Oh, don't wow. unfortunately make that formula anymore. <laughs> uh, but, but, it, but it's these things. So it's not having a true understanding of the skin. And that's where you mentioned in your little Instagram post, me being a holistic skin therapist. So that's the thing about being a holistic skin therapist. You take a whole body approach mm-hmm. rather than taking the approach of treating the surface of the skin. You're looking at the deep cause of it as well. And that way you actually get a result on the skin. You might not get a result you know, that instantaneous result that you're talking about with fitness that everyone wants. Mm. It's the same with skin. You might not get the, you might not get the result as quickly as you want, but you Mm. will eventually get a result of the skin. Mm, yeah yeah and it's I think that hormonal acne is just it's really um interesting to me because I know we have a large um female audience particularly those who are looking at their own hormonal health and reproductive health and I get a lot of messages about like acne when they're coming off hormonal contraception and breakouts along Mm -hmm. the chin which is something I used to have a lot of was just Mm -hmm. this one chin breakout and I remember because I work with Abby as well um from balancing the hormonal perspective And she was talking about um, like the progesterone dumping that was happening for me each Mm -hmm. month. And it's Mm -hmm. so interesting to me because this breakout, I used to get every time I do night duty as well. And they just, the stars line up. I'm like, okay, stress, hormones, how's this? Melatonin as well. How does that whole relationship work, Lindy? Well, um, you, I think you probably find that progesterone dumping that you were getting on your skin would be in the first half of your monthly cycle. Mm. So your skin, so like if you've got a, well, there's no normal to, to a cycle. It can be 28 days to 35 days. It really depends what your, what your cycle is more than anything else. But every, I would say six days, your skin changes within your cycle. Okay, so that's why you were saying when you were on night duty, it was probably the beginning of your cycle because it's um, 
it's every three weeks, isn't it, Night Judy? So, yeah, every, every yeah. month, yeah. Yeah, every month. So each time you were the beginning of the cycle, you had that progesterone jump as well affects your sleep terribly the melatonin so so the melatonin level also affects the hormone level in the body as well Mm. you get that progesterone so it stimulates the production of oil like the sebum in Mm. your in your skin causes the pore to swell and and it compresses your pore as well and you've got that hard lumpy pimple does that sound about right what used to happen yeah yeah and then the compression leads to oil buildup and then more hormonal breakouts in the skin mm. and predominantly around the chin because we've got more follicles around the chin. And looking at it from a, an alternative health point of view, um, that's your reproductive organs around your chin. Oh. So that's why it, it tends to happen as well. So you'll find maybe um, this part of your cheek down here, um, mm. women around, say women who are, have hormonal a bit of hormonal acne but suffer terribly from constipation and poor bowel poor bowel habits you tend to find they'll get a breakout around there as well mm, so the lower bottom chin, just for yeah. people yeah for people who can't see i love this face mapping okay so mm. chin being the um, reproductive organs and then cheeks being your um bowels and organs your bowels you've got your lungs um wow. around here like around your eyes blood flow that type yeah. that type of that type what about of thing the neck like under here well, that's actually, if you're going to break out on your neck, that's also your reproductive hormones as well. Okay. But there's another way of looking at it from a more esoteric point of view. Your neck can be your heart and kind of not having your voice heard. Like a, Is that like a Chinese medicine sort of point of view or is that? It's a, it, it, that can be a Chinese medicine point of view, but from looking at it from a different side, say the mental health side of things, mm. that can represent like that as well. Mm. What that hit me deep because I just got a whole bunch of breakouts around my chin. That's why I asked. So now I need to do some self-reflecting work. Actually, I really love that you brought that up. Yeah, you you can kind of tell when people present with um, acne down the neck, especially in women, and you can generally you can if you delve through a number of sessions if you work with someone. And again, it's trust. People have to get to know you before they tell you certain things because it's not our place to ask to begin with mm. um and generally once you delve a little bit deeper you can find out what it really what it, what it is mm, yeah what about the forehead lindy i know that's a common area for mm. a lot of people that sort of t-zone area that can be your intestine mm, digestion. Um, it can be your it can be your digestion it, 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 yes it, it can definitely be your digestion your gut things happening around around there and the other thing is um on your forehead dehydration mm. you've got less you've got less oil follicles on your forehead compared to your chin mm. yeah so interesting okay. wow um, okay. great I, I think that's a nice recap i mean like like what you said acne and breakouts is a, such a very broad topic and it re- like you know like everything it depends right on mm. so many other mm. variables but one of the other things i really wanted to get in um to because i've been learning a lot about with you is skincare routines and mm-hmm. yes. something that you're really big on lindy that i hadn't heard of was treating different areas of the face or the skin with different products so i think you know often would go out and buy a cleanser and just cleanse our whole face or go and buy mm. a moisturizer and moisturize our whole face but mm. when you're looking at treating specific problems Mm. um, you look at the specific areas and the environment and the barrier of that area so can you tell us a little bit about what your approach to skincare routines is 
That is, listen, that's tricky. It, it, in the treatment room, it's easy because we have access to lots of different products. So that's called zoning of products more than anything mm. else. Um, but for you, we can't, I kind of look at your face as a whole and kind of in the treatment room, I treat that area of mm. your skin. If you have the ability, I quite often get you to buy a couple of different products to use on different zones because different areas have different issues with them. And sometimes if you're just using one product everywhere if you've got a targeted issue more than anything else you want to treat that area so that's called zoning a skincare yeah and that was so interesting i remember sherelle told me that i think two weeks ago because we always talk (laughs) about her appointments and i'm like it makes so much sense because some areas Mm. might be oily some might be dry but yet we just kind of get the one product and put it everywhere Mind Listen, boy. not everyone has the ability to have different mm. different products. And that's what you yeah. have to always fa- factor in mm. as well with people. You've got to be realistic with people. Yeah. Um, so you tend to find one product that will try to help all. But I tend to find we'll have a moisturizer that will kind of treat the whole skin. Then I'll kind of give you a targeted serum more than anything else. That's the yeah. best way to do it with the, with the skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to building a skin, a basic skincare routine, Lindy, I feel like, you know, skincare routines have become so trendy over the last <laughs> few years. I feel like everyone's like, it's like, what are you, oh, I'm just doing my skincare routine. Everyone's got something that they do. So what would you say, like, I guess a blueprint for a basic skincare routine would be in just in terms of like a cleanser, a toner, what would that look like for you? So uh, for me personally, when a client comes to see client comes to see me, and I did this with you, I start you with your cleansing routine. That's the first thing. I don't send you away with anything else. If you want to, that's that's great. But I start with your cleansing routine because that is the first step of treating your skin, mm-hmm. and it's the first step that actually repairs your skin. Because quite often, not when you've got a, an impaired barrier on your skin, there's many things that cause that, and I'll explain to you what causes that. But quite often or not, it's actually the cleansing routine that's actually doing that to the skin. Mm. So that is the first thing we look at in a step. Mm, yeah. Okay. And I was going to say, you sent me away with a, an oil cleanser, which for me, I was like, I have oily skin, Lindy, what are you doing to me? And then I started using it for a couple of weeks and I was like, the breakout sort of went away. And I was like, oh, wow, mm. like maybe like like what you said, restoring that hydration and protecting that barrier sort of helped with the breakouts. But to me, like younger, I would have never put oily based products on my skin. Yeah. No, no, information and technology has changed. Listen, when I when I trained 27 years ago, oil, oil was a no-no in the beauty mm. industry. Mm-hmm. So technology and information has changed. And that's one wonderful thing to come out of it is oil. Oil attracts oil on the skin. Oil actually cleans the skin so that's why you use oil and oil balances but what i will say is not all oils are the same i see many young ladies that come through that have got a jar of coconut oil and are using it on your face coconut oil is the devil um so not great for the skin coconut oil it's quite a thick oil and it doesn't clean the skin so a lot of people think i'll just put some oil on my face and i'll clean it doesn't work Mm. like that Mm. It has to be mixed with things like a surfactant. So a surfactant is a cleaning agent and that is what's added to cleansers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So an oil balances. So different oils work for different skin types. So an oil balances the skin. It cleans the skin and it repairs the skin. Mm -hmm. Now oil doesn't work for everyone. I will say that. But for my method, I love a cleansing oil on people's skin. 
I've only met a handful of people that don't like oil and we haven't had a result with it. There's hundreds of oil cleansers out there, but it's finding one that works for you. I personally like sunflower oil in a cleanser, but I don't recommend a hydrogenated sunflower oil, like hydrogenated vegetable oils that you avoid. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that as well. Mm. Um, so you want to look for a good call uh, as a, uh, what do I call it? Uh, my mind's gone blank here. A cleanser that has, my personal thing is I like sunflower oil because mm. it balances the skin. It doesn't make it oily and it repairs the skin as a base. But that is my personal preference. Mm. Okay. I'm so that's all, I'll, that's all that. I'll say. Um, yeah, because a lot of people talk about coconut oil as well, not only for the skin, but for hair. And then I feel like people went through a phase of putting coconut oil everywhere. And then if coffee. it's in your hair, in your coffee, then the chances of it getting on your face is probably like really high as well. So probably not worth it then. I'm Listen, I'm not a huge fan of coconut oil and it's it's a personal thing, nutrition, mm. nutrition wise, if you cook with it and like that. I'm not a person. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of that, even cooking, even cooking with it. And in your hair, it is, it is hairdressers hate it in your hair. Mm. It's a really thick oil. It creates this barrier over the skin. It's very comedogenic as well. So it's not an acne safe oil as well. So you can have a dehydrated skin, a dry skin, but it can be prone to break out in the skin. So you tend to find coconut oil will break the skin out. Mm. it's also a saturated fat so it it's Mm. hard when it dries whereas Mm -hmm. coconut oil isn't it's like polyunsaturated i'm pretty sure you mean sunflower oil isn't sorry sorry yes sunflower oil so i just feel like anything that's a saturated it's naturally going to dry hard and leave that sort of residue on the skin as well that's exactly what it is Um, but again just my opinion Mm. (laughs) more than anything else Listen, the other thing that you can look at, some people work well with a wash on their skin, which tends to be a gel formula that's got a surfactant in it to dissolve the oil in a different way within the skin. That works for some people. Mm. So it's finding what method of cleansing works for you. Mm. You know what confuses me, Lindy, is toners. Like what, how, how do you pick a toner and what do they actually do? So look, listen, toners come in very, in lots. So years ago, I'm trying to think your ladies, it might have been my generation. There was a toner <laughs> called 1006. <laughs> what about witch hazel? I remember that one. Exactly. It had witch hazel in it. Good old oh. 1006 and witch oh. hazel serves a purpose, but it can be quite stripping on the skin. So the ideal of a toner, so the new technology behind toners is to add hydration to the skin. And then you have toners that have things added to them that also treat the skin. And the thing is, and the toner delivers moisture to the skin or a hydrosol. That's another fancy way of saying a hydrosol. A hydrosol delivers moisture to the skin and it carries product into the skin. Mm-hmm. They're actually dried. No, they shouldn't. And that's, again, that's misinformation that, you know, you put your witch hazel on your skin's lovely and tight. That means your skin's dehydrated mm-hmm. and you're really barrier impairing your skin. So if you ever get out of the yeah. shower and you go, oh, my skin's lovely and tight and you've got, you know, you've got these two lovely little pink cheeks and it's really tight. That's your skin going, I don't like this. Oh, no. So it's a bit like you going to the gym. It's a bit like you going to the gym and you're going, oh, God, my ankle's a bit sore doing this exercise. Oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to ease off on that. Your skin's the same. It generally gives you yeah. warning signals. So true. But we I just always thought light was it. a good feeling. Okay, that no, light, that's your, a big um, light bulb moment there. Your skin should feel... Um, hydrated, mm. manageable, um, it should feel loose, if you can imagine. Like yeah. the skin should feel 
just spongy. Not everyone's skin feels spongy, um, but in general, it should feel like that after you've cleansed it. It should feel really calm after yeah. you cleanse the skin. You shouldn't cleanse your skin and go, oh, it feels lovely and tight. That's your skin going, mm, I really don't like this. Mm. Mm, amazing. The other thing about using a hydrosol, a toner, it helps you transport the product onto the skin and it helps to trap a layer of water on it. Mm. Again, these things are just my method of thinking um, mm. other people may not agree with them but that's the idea of using a toner and they also treat the skin as well so if you've got say congestion in your skin maybe some blackheads in your skin you've got a permanently dry skin they can mm. have things added to them to increase the hydration level within the skin mm. so they actually serve a purpose they're actually a treatment and most people miss them out of their routine and you tend to find when people reintroduce them into their routine, they notice a huge difference in their skin almost within days. Mm, yeah. And something um, that, you know, that we've been working on, Lindy, is blackheads for me. Um, I've always had blackheads around my chin and my nose and they've just always been there. And I was just like, I was just like a part of my skin. And then when mm-hmm. I learned that my skin was actually dehydrated and Lindy was saying, you can't actually extract blackheads <laughs> with a barrier skin or a dehydrated mm-hmm. skin, they won't surface. And it's just, like I said, I'm just mind blown that when you restore the pH or the barrier of your skin, um, and then I've had treatments and Lindy's been able to actually actually extract them out I've never seen I've never seen my skin like that like I've never not had those areas there so that's another sort of misconception about I guess hydration that's just something I because I drink a lot of water so what's what's actually dehydrating my skin Lindy good question Ah, dehydration can be a lot can be a lot of things it can be the environment that you're in it can Mm. be stress it can be anxiety it can be your products that you were using Mm. as well so if you've been using say your skincare products for five years Mm. You're not going to, it's going to take months and months to repair the hydration level on your skin. Dehydration is quite often caused by an imbalance in the gut as well. Yeah. And dehydration can also be caused by the, a sluggish lymphatic system as well. You know, you'll obviously lymph from exercise and things like that flow within the skin. You need flow within the skin for, for hydration as well. Mm. And you tend to find a dehydrated skin. We call it transdermal water loss on the skin and um, quite often skin that can't retain, retain water. Mm. Yeah. And we were talking about that last time in the clinic with those, um, those razors that you see a lot of people using yeah. where they get rid of the fluff <laughs> hair on them. And I was saying, I was asking Lindy what her opinion was because a lot of people um, claim that they help to exfoliate the skin, help mm. to um, like lay your makeup, makeup out better uh, and make it appear more smoother. get rid of the baby hairs get rid of the baby fluff and what you told me I was like oh my god ever <laughs> can you shed some light on those little razor things listen again <laughs> my opinion um okay um I tread very carefully because everyone has different opinions of course. um listen it's there's a there's a barrier and there's a microbe in the skin mm. and I tend to find when you're doing that to the skin it strips the skin and it alters the microbe in the skin and I tend to find mm. it's, it's it mean it's mainly younger women that do this to their skin because it's a trend that seems to be on social media using mm. it looks like a, a blunt razor on your face 
you tend to find they come in and they have all manners of issues with your skin. So you start having breakout on your skin. You start having barrier impairment on your skin. You start having weird blotchy rashes on your face. And quite often you see people that just present with a rash on their face after they've done it. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. Once you've done that, your makeup does lie well. There is no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But that's my stand on it. It alters the microbe and the barrier of the skin and it leads to all manners of issues. But yes, it does take dead skin off. Yes, it does take hair off. Mm. Okay, so it does do these two things. Mm. Okay, yeah. interesting. Mm. So yes, um, I personally don't believe in it, but some salons do do it. So it's where your values lie. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, and I think as well, like you know, like what you said there um, to me earlier as well, like the hair probably has a purpose there on our face. Like, yeah, we can wax our eyebrows and that's fine. But when we're removing those, those microscopic fine hairs, um, mm. like what you were saying, they help us retain fluid inside our skin as well. And if dehydration mm-hmm. is or blackheads or something like that mm-hmm. is what we struggle with taking away something that's there to help keep fluid inside our skin um, mm-hmm. is only going to make the problem worse. Exactly. And quite often or not, it's a short-term fit. It's a short-term fix, but it's a long-term, it's a long-term fix on the skin when people come to get their skin fixed. Mm. Quite often you find maybe in a more dermal therapy setting, people won't do that. Then they'll do, they'll do a peel with it and they'll do laser and things like that for, for resurfacing. So Mm. used in a clinical setting, it can be handy, but used in a setting where you're basically shaving your face at home, Mm. it's not it, it does more harm than good yeah and i feel like people wouldn't be sterile with their razors either right no. you'd use one and get a bit rusty and that's just Yuck. a big no-no isn't it well hygiene's generally a one-on-one and when mm-hmm. you're touching touching your face and the biggest thing is when you were talking about cleanser wash your hands first the amount of people that we that, that i chat oh, to and then i'm like nice. it's just it's practicality you're touching your face mm-hmm. so if you've been you know Having you having a cup of tea, cup of coffee, you know, touching the remote control on the telly, then you go and cleanse your skin. You've got dirty hands, so you're actually transferring grub on grime onto your face. Mm, so true, so true. Yeah. It's um, just basic little things like that that make a difference, and that's hygiene one hundred and one. Wash mm. your hands before you touch your face. Mm. Yeah, or even like leaning. I remember I, I used Rubbing to try. Around. I used to lean on my face a lot, and then like you catch yourself out, and you don't do that. Or um, sleeping on on pillowcases and things like that. How much of a difference does like a dirty pillowcase actually have? To be honest, huge. It, so okay. your, your your pillowcase retains dirt and bacteria and sweat because everyone perspires overnight and that goes on to your pillowcase and in turn if you're already suffering from breakout on your skin and skin issues you're just transferring it more onto your face and the bacteria is spreading so most people that do suffer from some form of skin issue like acne breakout I generally say to them change your pillowcase every couple of days or flip it then change it yeah nice all these little one percenters if you if you possibly can get yourself a silk pillowcase Mm. better for you really uncomfortable i find like my head slips off (laughs) (laughs) you must move a lot in your sleep why why silk um it doesn't create friction that's why Mm. that's Mm. why and it's and it's soft to it's soft to lie on so it doesn't create creases on the skin more than anything else and from a hairdresser point of view it doesn't cause breakage on the hair 
Mm. Oh, there you go. I'm sold. Okay, I'll give it a go and try not to fall off, Sherelle. <laughs> <laughs> Slip it off is, in the middle of the night. So it is really, really, it is really weird when you start sleeping yeah, with a silk pillowcase. Like, I'm really, yeah. There's, I don't know. All right, I'm convinced though. I'll do it for the skin. All the benefits. Yeah. The um, the the other thing to look at with your pillowcase as well, and it's not the most glamorous thing to talk about, is most of us drool in our sleep. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> It's more obvious on a silk one, though. Oh, that's the real reason, Well, (laughs) think about it practically. So, in your mouth, there is a lot of bacteria that Mm. comes from that comes from your comes from your mouth that gets transferred onto your um, onto your pillowcase. Listen, I'll always remember years ago, I got bitten by my cat many years ago, carried off to carried off to hospital, and I remember. Unfortunately, it was the student doctor that I got. Um, oh. And I always remember saying to them, the two most poisonous bites you can get is a human bite and a camel bite. A camel bite? So a camel bite. Not that there's not as many camels, you know, floating oh. about. Um, I think you going to say cat bite. Cause, yeah, because you like, got bitten um, by your cat. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> but obviously a cat bite as well. But if you think of like that always, that always stuck in my mind, a human bite. Yeah. Because of the bacteria. Because of the bacteria. And think about that if you're drilling in your sleep yeah, and that's, that's going on your gross. pillowcase. I know it's really gross to talk about, but <laughs> that's awesome though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. You wouldn't so stay away that. from humans and camels. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, wow. But it makes sense. All the bacteria there. So um uh, it seems like, yeah, we just have to avoid putting the bacteria from everywhere on our face, like mm. all those little one percenters can. Well, we are, we are made up of bacteria and viruses ourselves. Mm. Mm. It's very true. Something I was going to ask you, Lindy, um, in regards to like hydration, your skin, like coming into winter, how much does like the heating um, like affect the artificial heating that we all use split systems, you know, how much does that affect our skin? Is there anything that we can do to help keep yeah. hydration in our skin throughout winter? Yeah, listen, there's lots of things that you can do. And that is one of the most common common complaints in winter is actually dehydration of the skin. Or actually mm. most people present and they say their skin's dry. They're two mm. completely different things. Um, uh, water spray, a hydrosol, you know, squishy, uh, uh, squishy type of ah, spray. Um, they, t- they tend mm. to have things added to them that are really good. Um, it's not just water being um, squished on your face. And the other thing is if you are predominantly, especially if you're still working from home, a little, um, a little humidifier, you can buy little ones from target now and they add, they add moisture to the moisture to the air. So it's about keeping moisture in the skin, spritz your skin throughout the day, um, little, little humidifier. And the other thing is change your products at this time of the year as well. So a lot of people are so resistant to do this. Like, oh, I've got a great skin. Oh, no, no, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. But you have to, like, like food, how you might have more fresh food in the summer and in the winter you'll, 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 you'll gravitate towards having warmer food. Yeah. The same goes for your skincare. You've got to change it because it's mm. an organ. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so true. And even we did that in the clinic. Like we went from that oil-based pore cleanser to the oil-based soothing cleanser. Soothing to me, cleanser. they look exactly the same, but I'm like, yep, okay. okay, this one feels better. It's more it's more moisturizing on the skin. But I think that's exactly. a really good um, practical takeaway, just one of those humidifiers. I've been thinking about getting one of those um, just for winter because I get sometimes quite nasally and congested as well yep. from the, from yep. the heat. So, yep. yeah, yeah, really pick up. There's many little tips that you can do. And the other thing is we all love a hot shower. There's mm. no doubt about it. 
if your skin is pretty dehydrated and you are starting to have some issues with your skin, you're getting some weird little itchy rashes, you've just got strange things happening on your skin, turn the temperature of your shower down more no, than anything else. No, I know. <laughs> I Absolutely have made so much sense. in there though. and there's not one bit of cold on. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, in the shower. It's, like it's okay. I, it's okay. I know when you come in. <laughs> I don't know. There's no hiding from Lindy. <laughs> I've got x-ray specs now. <laughs> oh, she does. She's got these big goggles and she looks right up and I instantly feel um, like she's exposed. But it's mm. You know everything about me. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just subtle little things. Now, the other, other subtle little thing around skin is you look at your water content, um, what, like warm drinks at this mm. time of the year for you, for your for your skin. It's just subtle little changes. Mm. Change your serum more than anything else. Change your moisturizer. And I will give you another little tip that a lot of people do make a huge mistake with. And again, my personal, only my personal opinion, because there'll be a lot I of skincare therapists <laughs> listening into this telling me I'm really yeah. wrong. I got a great success if people are using, say, a kiwi seed oil, a rosehip oil, that type of thing. Put it on top of your moisturizer rather than under your moisturizer. So think of this from science, water, oil. Oh, yeah, like put the oil on top. So moisturizer and then the oil. Yeah, if you're using Mm. something that is oil-based, you tend to find it's these subtle little changes that make a huge difference to your skin. Mm. The other thing is dehydration. You can you can include like a hyaluronic acid in the skin that attracts water to the skin. I started using that actually, so it's good to know that that was the right and thing to do. <laughs> is that because, Lindy, so the oil can penetrate through the moisturizer but not vice versa? So if you put the oil on, it's going to act as a barrier to the moisturizer? There's various different thinkings around that. Um, and I tend to get clients to play around with it. But I tend mm. to find in the winter when you do have that transdermal water loss on the skin, I tend to find it works a lot better because you've got You've got your water formulation and your moisturizer and your serum, and you've got your oil on your top, which is a barrier which can kind of penetrate through. There's there's a little thing that you sent me in the thing about skincare rules and things like that. I don't really do a lot of rules around skincare. It's like food and fitness. There'll Mm. be the basic core things, but the rest of it you can kind of deviate from. Mm. And it's the same with skincare. Play around with what you're doing Mm, more than anything else. Um, And it's just about playing around and tweaking things more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of ingredients that you can use to treat dehydration in the skin. And generally, these ingredients are really, really good for all skin types as well. Mm. Okay. Mm, So I generally get clients to use a ceramide on their skin. That's good at rejuvenating the skin repairing the barrier of the skin i've got some notes here that, I'm, that i wrote this yeah, morning great. i can't I, I can't actually read my own handwriting which is quite bad mm-hmm. um it helps to fortify the protective barrier on the skin a, cer- a ceramide and that's what gives your skin that nice plump you know plump and firm feel to your to your skin mm. all skins can do with that that is brilliant for barrier impairment it's brilliant for sensitivity and you well sensitized not sensitivity Mm. and it's great for people that have got acne as well it's Mm. fantastic for that more than anything else Mm. okay so i would include that in your skin i would include like a peptide in your skin as well Mm. um they help to reinforce your skin's barrier as well um they're found in your body they're proteins so like the elastin and the collagen and the keratin, mm. which is your hair and your nails. Mm. Um, and therefore resilience and texture on the skin. Mm. And they prevent water loss. 
Right, peptides. What what you just said there about the collagen and the peptides and all that sort of stuff, the first thing that came to my mind was a lot of the collagen skin hair nail products that you see on the market. Um, What's your sort of opinion on some of those, I guess, some of the powders and the tablet and the pill-based forms? Like are they something that you sort of believe in working or do you find that, you know, maybe just products directly to the skin are more beneficial? Listen, I like a two-way approach, an internal approach as well, and an external approach to tell to tell the truth. But what I will say to people is, is consistency is the key with these things. You can't just mm. take it. Tw- you can't just take it for two weeks. You're not going to notice any difference. You've got to take it for a number of months to notice a difference. But you need a really, really good form of it. You tend to find there's so many of them on the market. And the honest truth is when you go into the health food store, a lot of them have crap in them Yeah. when you yeah. start looking at them. So generally I'll say to people is I like, personally, I like the neutral organics one. Mm. That's really, really good. And it's pretty flavorless as well. You can add it to your magnesium drink and things like that. And the other thing that I like is just some gelatin, some Great Lakes gelatin more than anything else. It's just pure gelatin more than anything else. I think it's beef based from memory. doesn't really taste and you can make little gummies from it. Mm. So what does the gelatin do? Is that that's collagen collagen at its sort of finest? It's it's collagen at its finest and it's also really good for your tummy as well. And it's cheap. and it's cheap as chips and mm, um, you can get, gelatin. listen, I generally um, recommend the Great Lakes gelatin more than anything else because it's mm. a really good form of it. Mm. Um, it's grass fed more importantly. Mm. And I guess in the fitness industry, that'll be the huge thing about you things being grass fed. Um, but you'll need a tiny little bit of it. Personally, if you want to add gelatin to your coffee, go for it. Um, but I think Ooh, that's a waste of a, I, I think that's a waste of a good coffee. Yeah, um, <laughs> me too. I like the I idea to adding things to like a magnesium drink or like yeah. a so, perhaps. So, so for me with clients, the way I tend to work with people, and I'm and Cheryl's known me for a long time, it's all about practicality with me. For things to become a habit in your life, it has to be practical. Yep. If it's difficult, you'll do it for two months, then that'll be the end of it. And that's what comes to, that's what comes to front with the collagen. Mm. Yep. Amazing. If you take a magnesium drink at night, which a lot of people do, especially your audience would take magnesium, for, obviously for the muscle regeneration, um, whack a tablespoon of your um, collagen powder in it and knock it back. And you can always put some vitamin C in it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was something that I started doing, Lindy, about when we had our last conversation about potentially me needing more oral zinc in my diet as well for the dermatitis that I've been having. And that's why yeah. I do like one whack of the magnesium, one whack of the zinc. And that's what we speak about a lot, um, Danny's habit stacking. So yeah. the same with your skincare, you know, start with the cleanser. Once you can do that, you know, then add a toner or a serum or a moisturizer habit stack on top of that. And then yeah. start changing your pillowcase, maybe buy a humidifier, like don't yeah. go all in. Um, just start with something that's really sustainable because as Lindy highlighted, you know, it's, it's just like your health and fitness journey. If you can't be consistent with it um, for a long period of time, you're not going to be able to get the results um, from that, that change Mm -hmm. and therefore make a sustainable change. And that's the thing. um, It has to become a habit and for things to, for you to, most people that present, they really want to improve their skin. And it's not overwhelming people because human nature, mm. if we overwhelm ourselves, mm. we become overwhelmed and we don't do it. And this is where skin becomes a psychology at the same time. Mm. Okay. So if someone goes away with a whole 
product range and they're really not sure what to do and they're quite overwhelmed at having to start to do this, you tend to find they'll lie in the cupboard and Mm -hmm. every time they open the cupboard, they'll feel a level of guilt of not using them. So it's a very different way to look at things. It's very, very different. But I tend to find introducing healthy skin habits very gradually has longevity. Mm, I like that. Just like any habit, I'd imagine. It has. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time, and I really do tend to find that formula works. Mm. Um, yes, when you look at a business point of view, yes, it might, know, might not be as financially friendly in your business, mm. but for the client you'll get longevity more than anything else and it introduces things very gradually and then you can actually learn about your skin as you go along because you tend to find if you see the subtle changes you actually want to start doing more and more to your skin Mm. yeah well I always think of like how much money I wasted on products that just weren't for my skin or didn't work anyways so I look at the actual cost I'm like yeah cool maybe I can pay 50 60 dollars for an oil cleanser right like maybe that's more expensive than like one that you'll find at chemist warehouse but then for that I might have brought 10 products that were just dehydrating my skin for the equivalent price it's like an expensive conditioner you only lose a little bit because you only need a little bit because it goes (laughs) further right than the cheap stuff yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to visiting a skin therapist, people have been really traumatized from going to the cosmetic counter because most people's first point of call has actually been the cosmetic counter. And some of the girls are fantastic that work on the cosmetic counter. They're great. I'm not diminishing what anyone does, mm. but generally they've had product pushed on them and it's a very much yeah. a resilience when they come in to see us. I don't, don't sell me anything. I'm not yeah. interested. I'm here to get my treatment <laughs> done and that's it. Yeah. But that's fine getting a treatment done. But if you really don't have a very good skincare routine, that treatment ain't going to do it. It's going to feel nice, but it's not going to do much. It's yeah, so okay. true, isn't it? That product push. You feel that when mm. you go in, like, you're like, no, I don't need help. You know, like you just feel like instantly people trying to sell you stuff rather than help you with something. Mm. And I think that's so incredibly important about why working with a skin therapist is so yeah. beneficial because you actually look, like, I know my skin struggles with hydration at the moment. So I'm not mm. going to go and waste money on the next product that I think might work. It's the same as having a coach or a mentor in any other area of your life. If you're trying to mm improve on something like just work with a professional who knows what they're doing yeah and that's the thing trust us to us to a certain to a certain degree the sign of a good therapist is someone that will not enforce 25 different products on you Mm. it's about trust and that's the thing it's about gaining someone's trust because when you're visiting our treatment room you are trusting us with your skin Mm. so there has to be a level of trust between you Mm. Um, so yeah it's like like I've said to you a couple of times it's all about the psychology of skin Mm. yeah very true well before we move on to sorry just dark circles under eyes so just the best way to remove um blackheads okay um because I've I've been through it squeeze them or try um hot steam with a towel or clay masks even listen clay can actually be quite beneficial okay great it can be beneficial to the skin but you probably when you use your clay mask what do you do with it how do you put it on your skin okay interesting (laughs) you are I'm gonna say what I used to do and then I'm gonna I'll say what I do now so I used to put it on and then not let it dry completely but now I let it dry completely no okay so 
clay is actually not designed to dry on the skin. So clay that's left to dry, you know when you see all these pictures like on, on Instagram and in magazines, you know, they've got clay masks on and they've all cracked and things like that. Yeah. That's actually the worst thing possible for your skin. So clays have got some wonderful minerals in them. They really, really do. But they're designed not to dry on the skin. When they dry on the skin, they can create all manners of problems on the skin like mm. barrier impairment and other issues. So clay is designed to be kept damp. Mm. Okay. okay. So, so, so you just a sprint, sprint. Water is really good for doing that. You don't have to use anything fancy. Good old water. Oh. Blackheads. Okay. You have to. You have to decide. You have to work out what's causing the blackheads. So, yep. is it dehydration? Is it so? Blackhead is basically oil flow within the follicle more than else. It's an overproduction of serum within the follicle, and it turns black more than anything else. So, it's a mixture of dead skin, bacteria, and sweat. Thus, back to changing your pillowcase. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, excess skincare can cause it. Sunscreen's terrible for causing it. Um, but that's a, another topic. That's a necessity. Mm. Um, and the pore gets clogged. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways of getting rid of them. You can look at a product that will gently. You can look at enzymes within your skincare, so they gently resurface the skin without altering the barrier of the skin. Okay. But that takes time. You can do extractions within the salon i don't really recommend someone standing at home in the mirror going with their finger because mm, that mm. damages the skin they mm. can be they can be removed they can be the oils that can be used on the skin are not particularly and um, they're they're non-codomogenic they're not acne safe that kind of causes um blackheads it can also be um hormones within the body as well that causes blackheads mm. okay yep. so it's quite a big topic blackheads i've written a couple of things down here um so which you might not what know. not to do so don't squeeze them for me don't let my clay mask dry on the face i think the Tainted biggest lesson the, the biggest lesson for me lindy was restoring the ph and the balance back in the your balance skin. of your so skin the problem yeah. with for say like for someone might be excess oil for someone else like me it might be dehydration but there's no point just squeezing and squeezing and trying to fix the problem if the actual problem is the yeah. environment. You know, once you fix so, that problem, the, the blackheads should be able to lift out and surface. That, that's the basic the crutch of most right. skin issues. When we kind of fix the barrier of the skin and we start looking at it, you can generally start to fix blackheads. You can generally pinpoint how someone is. If they're random blackheads, you can generally pinpoint you're getting them. If you're getting blackheads with acne, that's got more to do with the sebum, the hormone level on the body and bacteria within the skin. And that is a completely different thing, mm. but they look very different from blackheads on your nose. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it's also the, with that type of blackhead, it's also the hormone spike as mm. well. Okay. Thanks for hearing So me. blackheads can be treated. The other way you can treat a blackhead is you can treat a blackhead with a hydrating type of mask mm. as well for hydration within the within the skin you tend to find women that have and we call it a glycated skin and the easiest way to put it is when i'm trying to explain a really thickened type of skin when i talk to a lot of young clients that come in who are into a bit of you know sun sunbathing and things like that i'm like barbecue chicken skin Ah, oh, yeah, like the top surface. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what you mean. Oh, I haven't heard that one, but that hits hard. Yeah. So that, ty that, ty that type of skin quite often has um, 
they're called something else, has blackheads, some comedones in it. And that's caused by a thickness to the skin as well. And it's caused by extreme dryness and extreme dehydration. So can you see it's one extreme to the next that you can get them? Mm. Yeah, amazing. And that skin has to be softened in many different ways. But um, there's something that you can take from there. A sun-damaged yeah, skin barbecue chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Sunscreen, guys. But I know that's a whole number conversation. That's I a really, whole other podcast. I know. Let's move on. It is, it is. I really want to talk to you about dark circles under the eyes. Uh, a while ago, Lindy, you did a um, like a, um, a Zoom facial, lockdown 1.0. We did a Zoom facial. And I remember you talking about um, blackheads under the eyes. Do you remember that with Zong? No, I can hardly remember what I did yesterday. You were in there because I was in there. And that's where I was like, this, this lady knows a lot about skin. Um, but you're talking about dark um, blood flow. Yeah, blood dark flow. circles under the eye and you're talking about blood flow, you're talking about iron, you're talking about genetics as well and some yes. of the things that might cause those dark circles. So what are some of the common causes? So you've pretty much listed them all. Um, blood flow is a huge thing um, around the eyes. The shape of the eye socket as well. Genetics, poor sleep, poor diet. And dehydration. Mm. Oh, dehydration's mm. the devil, isn't it? It's everything. Dehydration. Uh, de- dehydration is pretty bad for the skin and the internal organs as well. Okay. Um, that's what causes dark circles underneath the eye. They are extremely hard to get rid of. And the honest truth is you can use a bit of uh, some eye creams. have got some really great lightning um, properties mm. to them. But if you have got genetic dark circles under your eyes, I have them, you will never get rid of them. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, I think, um, you know, a lot of people, would you say a lot of people do have like genetics for dark circles? They, they do. They do. A lot of people present with that and they, they put it down to lots of other different things. But it's when you actually say to people, what's your mum like? What's your dad yeah. like? What's your grandparents yeah. are like? And they're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right enough. But you can do things to help them. Yes. So exercise, mm. blood flow. So you tend to find if you exercise regularly, it lifts them. Mm. Okay. You can hydrate your skin. You can use like you're doing with Zhong, like what Dr. Abby talks about. The Gua Sha is fantastic for that area underneath the eye. And so is what I do within the thing is lymph work to get the blood to move because it's stagnation mm. underneath the eye. So dark circles are stagnation. Mm, yeah there you go and I think as well it's also about knowing what to avoid like I tell you what like night duty I used to just get the concealer out and just draw it under my eyes because they would just get so bad um so it's about like knowing what sets off certain things for you as well and like making sure that we are prioritizing sleep and recovery and good nutrition but what about um iron do you see this a lot in I guess like menstruating females that perhaps don't eat a lot of red meat do you tend to notice that dark circles are more prevalent under the eyes yes so the new listen i was a plant-based eater for a long time myself um and my dark circles were terrible um definitely the rise of i would say young women actually especially and entering into plant-based eating i call it plant-based eating um but not doing it particularly well supervised will have terrible dark circles underneath their eyes and the skin will be very flat. Iron is very, very important in the diet, especially for young females that are menstruating. It creates healthy blood and it creates healthy blood flow as Mm. well. Yeah, And you need that for underneath your eyes. So you tend to find people that are quite iron deficient 
are very flat and very dark underneath the eyes. Mm, yeah. And if you're so, not eating red meat as well, it's not just iron. It's also like your vitamin Bs and your minerals and other things that are super important for your skin as a whole. But that mm-hmm. was something that I noticed, like I didn't eat a lot of red meat. And then I started mm-hmm. supplementing with iron and it was like a week and the dark circles went away. And I was like, okay, I need to start eating more red meat, probably replace that. But now I try and have red meat four to five times a week um, and it really helps. Definitely 110%. You also probably would have found with the supplementation of iron, you actually had more energy and you mentally, you felt a little bit more alert. Yeah, 100%. So you need iron for your hair as well. A lot of people seem to make the, they don't realize that you need that. You need it for your thyroid function. You need it for everything within the body. And it's a, it's a, it's something that's completely underplayed is mm. the importance of iron in your body. Mm, I agree. A lot of females, um, you, you know, sort of think of Once red we meat bleed, we death. lose it. Yeah, yeah. We, we and we blood. need to eat red meat. You know, I think there was a lot of like, I guess, research coming out about how red meat was sort of like, you know, bad for us for such a long period of time. Um, and a lot of females just go to chicken breast and fish. And whilst I actually enjoy that more than red meat, um, I do know now like the value of all the micronutrients that we get from that yeah. and how fundamentally important it is and how much better I feel by consuming it on a regular basis as well. Yeah. Yep. And you've got more, um, more energy. Your skin has more vitality because of the blood flow. So no flow, no glow. Yeah. No flow, no glow. No flow, no glow. I love that in every area of our lives. Yeah, pretty Uh, much. But it's, it's true. And also the other thing is iron helps your mental health as Mm. well. It helps you feel better. Yeah. It's good for everything. That's huge. So it's huge. So the rise of, there's nothing wrong if you want to be a plant-based eater but you have to do it well. Yeah. Supplement. Yeah. Supplement. And you have to have a good form of iron as well. More yeah. than anything else. Yeah. But you asked me another little question in your little thing that you sent me about like foods and things like that. Now I tend to, I refer on to nutritionists or someone like you and things like that. Cause I'm very much staying in your own lane. Mm. Um, but the other thing I am quite vocal about when clients come in, especially people that come in with acne well I'm quite vocal about this in general this 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 thing is to do with um seed oils in the diet so Mm. canolas this is consuming sunflower oil consuming sunflower oils like hydro like hydrogenated vegetable oils that type Mm. of things they cause inflammation within the body and they can cause a lot of so I think it's from memory that would be omega-6 is actually it would be omega-6 so omega-6s cause a lot of inflammation within the body so that would come from hormone-based chicken hormone-based meat and these type of oils soybeans is another one so Mm -hmm. if you are going to do go down the soy the non-gmo type of soy that causes inflammation and it can hurt acne-based skins Mm, yeah. yeah really good point Lindy there's a fantastic book and I remember what it's called Danny it's called what the fat and they talk about that's fantastic isn't it yeah, they talk about the difference between like um the omega-3s and the omega-6s so the omega-6s being all the sunflower seeds and canola yeah. oils um in that they take such a magnitude of them and, and literally process them and condense them and we consume these on a large basis and it throws out our ratio of the omega-3s to omega-6s mm, yeah. and we need to restore that and that can show up in health yep. and this book like very political book but fantastic book about 
and that's something I'm so big on is about like, yeah, like sure, macros are important and how much fat you're eating is important, but where are you getting that fat from? Yep. Well, yeah. Yep. I and take fish oil every day as well. The D- oh, no. You're going to have, have you seen that new document, Doco, Seaspiracy? Oh, no, oh, I haven't no. seen that. Oh, oh guys, no. don't watch it. Well, I'm literally... glad I'm here and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one taking fish. I'm just going to throw myself under the bus no, in no, front no, of no. our listeners. <laughs> fish Please enlighten me, Lindy. Fish oils are fantastic, but you want to take the right form of fish oils because the wrong form of fish oils can actually aggravate acne. Mm. Okay. So That's if you're, t- you're mm, rancid fish oils, the ones that don't have um, DHA and then mine are pure DHA. Of- it was like so you're actually- $200 a bottle. <laughs> you're taking the right form of fish oil. Okay. So you want to look for cold water, you know, and it'll be the cold water Norwegian stuff that you'll be taking from from memory the stuff the 200 dollars a bottle it mm-hmm. will be because i've taken them myself oh, um, that's the right form of fish oil so a lot of people get confused yeah. about that but mm-hmm. you have to be careful and B, b12 is another thing which is extremely important which you get from me more than anything else but sometimes supplementation with too much b so b12 can can be an aggravator with certain types of acne as well yeah, mm-hmm. really important. And and even for like just the micro um, perspective, you don't have to do it, but I've had a lot of um, blood tests done to actually test it and it showed that I was B12 deficient and iron deficient and yes. zinc. I think it was zinc. Yes, um, yes. Those are the things that I was I started supplementing with a while ago and then looking at my foods and being like, okay, well, I need to include some oysters and some organ meat and like just trying to get mm-hmm. more stuff in to help with that because you don't know what you don't know, right? Like we've learned so much sitting here with you, Lindy, and I know our audience will as well. And it's, it's not general knowledge, is it, Danny? Not really, but when you hear it back, it makes so much sense, but you just don't know these things unless you ask a professional. You can get some, again, you go to a professional for supplementation of supplements. Um, You can get some fantastic, um, they're actually liver um, liver-based supplements um, and they're absolutely fantastic for getting if you don't want to eat awful because awful is actually very good for your iron levels and it's actually very good for your skin and hair as well mm-hmm. obviously a lot of people don't want to be in kidneys and you know liver and things like that mm-hmm. but you can you can get supplementation of awful if you if um, which is very very good okay. for the skin and hair and it's very good for the gut lining as well mm-hmm. what about like mm. chicken pate do you like that lindy yeah, I, yes, I, I love all of that. I grew love up with pate. like um, I grew up with like chopped liver and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I if feel you, like if you pate. like it and you want to go down that route, I generally say when a lot of clients because I cook and a lot of clients ask me about recipes and things like that. I generally say if you're going on the the liver, if you're trying liver, buy yourself chicken livers because it's a lot milder than say calf's liver. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I actually, my butcher minces it in with my mince for me. I get like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Can't taste it at all. Um, Luke, Luke thinks he can smell it. Oh my, you just know there's liver in there. So I go to my butcher's, <laughs> he is, he calls me the liver lady. He is amazing. I go in, I get five kilos of um, beef mince with 20% liver um, and he'll just mince it all in and put it in 500 gram bags for me and I freeze it. <laughs> He's that's fantastic. Actually, that's a great, well, I've learned something today. That's a great tip. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good, I'm glad. Um, I feel like, Lindy, we could absolutely chew your ear off for <laughs> hours and hours, but I really wanted to end up um, just with the two final questions that I'd written down. So what is one skincare myth that you would like to see gone in the future? You don't have to exfoliate your skin. 
not ev- oh my god shut the door uh, what not not everyone's skin is suitable for exfoliation and that's the thing so if you have a skin that is I would say an acne skin that was extremely, extremely irritated and barrier impaired. You mm. wouldn't start off by exfoliating that skin. You would have to be very, very, you can in a professional setting, we could probably mm. do something through enzymes, but in a home setting, you would have to be very careful with it. And the other thing is if you have a skin, who, which is a true sensitive skin, not a sensitized skin, that two different things, a sensitive skin, they're not particularly designed well for exfoliation. So you're born with a sensitive skin and it's very much genetic. Um, These skins sometimes don't work with exfoliation on it. You don't have to Mm. exfoliate your skin. Mm. That's amazing because that was actually one of the questions that came in was do we, do I have to use like, um, like a harsh exfoliant? And now that I think about it, it's not something that um, you've included into my routine either. Like, yeah, that's very interesting. Like going back to proactive, you had the exfoliant, you had the green chemical toner and you had that burning moisturizer. Yeah. It's just, it's a different way of thinking. You might have a, a dermal therapist or another therapist that would, would get you to include lots of things within your skincare routine. It's just a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So most skins do benefit from an enzyme-based exfoliant. So we are not altering the barrier of the, of the skin with harshness mm-hmm. and it's gently not altering the microbe of the skin and it's just gently dissolving that surface dead skin. Is that skin. like a peel, Lindy? Like yeah, a peel? yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, like an enzyme. That yeah, is yeah. very, very beneficial to the skin a couple of times, a couple of times a week if your skin can tolerate it. Some people can only tolerate exfoliation once a month. Mm. So that's probably one of the biggest myths. You don't have to exfoliate your skin. Mm, I but I don't mean that flat across the board that people just don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, they can't. That they can't do people it. People who are doing these things and they're still not getting results. Well, maybe yeah. pull back on. on so dehydrate. So again, back to barrier impairment and dehydration of the skin. That is quite often caused with over exfoliation of the skin. There you go. Yeah, because that's the first thing you do though when you're having bad skin or breakouts. You just go in and or scrub even the blackheads. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah, so that's so quite often not you'll come and you know yourself Cheryl when you first came to see me that wasn't really spoken about with your mm. skin it was just paying everything back yeah amazing. yeah yeah amazing and um the other thing we're going to ask you is what's your non-negotiables for skin and health care do you have anything personally that's a part of like your daily routine or something that's a non-negotiable for you a non-negotiable with me is my makeup comes off no matter what extracurricular activities I've been up to um my makeup comes off every night that is a non-negotiable I think every night I think in many many years I think it would have to be once that my that I have slept with my my makeup on and I was actually really ill um that would be the non-negotiable with me and a non-negotiable with me would just cleansing your skin that is a complete non-negotiable I have to my, my skin to clean my skin um the other non-negotiable would probably be in the morning. Um, I get up and I, I actually drink. So I see a lot of people that present with this, and Abby will love this one as well, Dr. Abby. Um, warm water in the morning to clean your system out. Mm. That's a non-negotiable with me. 
Yeah, because it just seems like digestion is so tightly linked to our skin, right? It's how we present from the inside out. So it's an indicator of our internal health. Mm. I know like the other week, Danny, when we were just like having skin from hell and we're doing a Zoom. Oh, yeah. So much stress and we were having our cycles. Mm. Um, But what you just said there, Lindy, about removing your makeup, you know, what's the best way to do that? There's obviously a lot of products, a lot of wipes, a lot of um, eye makeup removers and a lot of those sorts of things on the market. And personally, I've always reacted badly to those like oh yeah perfumes are in them yeah Yeah. very good for me so how do you remove your makeup at night I actually personally I use an oil-based cleanser Mm -hmm. and I use a a muslin cloth um or or if I don't have that I use a good old face washer there's nothing wrong with using a face washer on your face yeah. Just make sure you only use it once and you put it in the washing machine. That's yeah, all I'll I see. feel like people have stopped using face washes. You know? oh, I love a good face washer. Yeah, but a nice warm face washer. Okay, it makes sense. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with using a face washer. Listen, That's what they're for. There's, it's, listen, it's lovely to use a muslin cloth on your face and things like that, but a lot of time you can't mm. get your hands on these things or you don't have the budget to buy these things. Yeah. So it's better, like, there's nothing wrong with a soft, lukewarm mm face washer taken gently across your skin now the other thing is for people that are hyper hypersensitive sometimes that just gentle taking something across the skin is enough exfoliation for the skin mm. oh, okay yeah and so even- back, back to wipes listen if you're traveling which none of us are doing anymore wipes are okay once in a while okay yeah. but they don't cl- they don't clean the skin they leave a residue on the skin and they generally have a lot of added things in them that cause a lot of irritation on the mm. irritation yeah. on the skin they actually dehydrate the skin quite badly yeah they okay. used to like sting my eyes and i would always yeah. like, take my makeup off with them and then wash my face because i just found yeah. it would sting but um that's that's your answer if anything stings you generally don't use it it's so, a yeah. rule of thumb yeah rule of th- if it hurts yeah. i do it um you can get those Halo um, makeup remover pads yes. from Priceline. They're actually like five, ten dollars, and you don't need to use any products on them. They're just like this microfiber. I use that. Thing. They they work really incredibly They're well. They're great. They they really cool. they really really are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually some great budget things available in Priceline and in the chemist. Mm-hmm. There really really there really is. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other thing that would be to chat to you about because you again your audience. Um, Please never use a loofah on your face. A loofah. Oh, a loofah yeah, you know or, those things, the, yeah. Okay. Or, you know, the the other thing that seems to be quite popular is the skin removing glove. You know, you wet it and then you see all the dead skin coming off. Oh, God. I've seen a lot of people present that are kind of using them on your, using them on your face. That creates far too much friction. Yeah, they're too harsh. I feel like we need to be gentle with our skin. Like we don't need to like punish it like anything. We just Mm -hmm. don't need to, if it's flaring up, it needs love. It needs soothing. It needs hydration. Yeah. The other thing before we go, because I know you have a huge audience that's based into fitness. And the other thing that I do see an issue with is protein powders. Mm, I know. Wait, what? Sorry. It's protein protein powders. Protein powder. Oh, oh, I had to cut them all out. I Mm. I would just break out. Yeah. Yeah, So, so I am by no means, um, I know nothing about what you two do. It's it's fitness. I just know from the skin point of view, Mm. I tend to find pea protein tends to be okay if it's from a natural organic form. But I tend to find girls that present that are on a whey based protein. Yeah. it tends to exacerbate and mainly a lot of back acne as well and yep. to do with the sweat obviously and the face as well that's just one thing to be really mindful of with your um 
your listen your listening type of audience mm-hmm. is the protein based powders can be can be aggravating for the very aggravating for the skin. Yeah, yeah. Pro- cutting out protein powders and protein bars was one of the best things I did to my skin because yeah. I used to have yeah. them a lot. Yeah, but yeah. It's worth it, to be honest. That's something we're very vocal about, Lindy, because both um, Danny and I are dairy-free now. Um, Mm. And that was like I did not realize the impact that dairy was having on my skin until I started working with yourself and Abby. Um, Mm. And, you know, Abby talking to me about digestion and what's going on there. Mm. I was having breakouts on my back, on my chin. Um, Mm. I have a beef-based protein um, and that seems fine. I don't get flare-ups. But I could literally have like – any the tiniest amount of dairy and I'll get a pimple from it. And oh, you'd like, notice it. It's yeah. crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like the whiteheads. Yes. A lot it creates a lot of inflammation in the body. And also if you can't tolerate dairy, it takes a lot of energy mm. in your body as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another thing. The energy that's focused in one point with your digestion, if it's in one point, the energy is taken away from different parts of the skin. So the skin can look really, really sallow. That's looking at the body from a slightly different different point of view but mm. yes whey-based proteins especially um because they I, I think from memory from speaking to people they drink them with a lot of milk mm, yeah as well and again some drink them with soy but soy also has a thing in it that can mimic um hormones within the the body yeah. and it can create a lot of issues within the body as well Mm, yeah Mm. it's it you know it's a great place to start like just trying to rather than add on more to do try and look at like your lifestyle your diet um Mm. the things that you're already doing and try and alter Mm. that like it's quite easy to just cut out dairy and see if your skin improves give it a couple of weeks and then notice it for me then i had like a whey protein shake again and just broke out and i was like yeah it's like i'll just test it again damn it you go luke here you go dairy that you like and um i think as well like some people tolerate things just fine they don't have exactly so don't feel like you have to go overhaul everything um based on what we've said but pick one or two things perhaps and see Mm. how how it goes one one little one little thing and the basic thing to start with is start with your pillowcase and start by cleansing your skin maybe a glass of warm water in the morning nothing cold in your digestive tract because it really does hurt your digestive tract and in turn it hurts your skin Mm. and really just take it from there Mm. just slow slow I'm definitely going to start that, whether it's like a nice warm green tea or just peppermint tea or something in the morning, just to, you know, warm up your digestive system and prime it for eating and digesting as well. Um, but Lindy, I can't that thank you amazing. enough for coming on. Seriously. Like, thank you. I'm blown away by the amount of learnt from you. So mm-hmm. where can our listeners find you? Mm. Right. Um, I don't know where's the best place for them to find this. Is all a bit new to me. You can find me through Instagram. I'll be under well my new handle, um, the Peaceful Skin Company. Um, you can find me if you Google the Peaceful Skin Company as well. Mm. Um, within Instagram, it's got uh, my telephone number as well. It's got the address of where I work from, like where I'm based, where the studio is as well. Mm. So yeah, that's where they can. That's where they can find me. Yeah, amazing. Fantastic. And if you're in the Melbourne area, I really can't recommend Lindy enough. Um, She's incredible at what she does. You've got a taste of her knowledge here and she's definitely given us some key takeaways um, to be able to include into our own skincare. I know both Danny and I have learned something today. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Um, So if you did enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot. Make sure you tag Lindy at the Peaceful Skin Co. Um, And then, of course, Danny, myself and the Level Up podcast. So thank Thanks again for tuning in, guys.